As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hi, I'm Wendy. And I'm Jess, and you're listening to the Food Heaven Podcast. Your online resource for inclusive and accessible wellness. Hi, everyone. Hope you're all holding up out there. I'm so excited about today's episode because I have been fangirling over Julia Tertian for a minute. And recently she had tagged us on IG saying that she was tuning into our podcast and that she just found it so helpful and that um, she was recommending that her audience listen to it. And I was like, wait a minute. I'm obsessed with your podcast. Right. It was a total fangirl. Wendy texted me or something. I don't remember. Yeah. I was like, girl. Oh, my God. God." She's like, Julia, I gave her love. She gave me love. Coming on. We're going on. Okay, girl. I was like, okay, let's do it. Yeah. Just like, uh, all right. Only because I'm not as into the food. First of all, I'm not even online. I'm not as into uh, knowing who people are just in general. And so, um, now I'm like, oh, where have I been? Because she's incredible. And we we actually like interviewed her and then she interviewed us for her podcast. And first of all, she has the most soothing voice. Yeah. So all my ASMR folks, like you're definitely going to want to tune in just for that reason. <laughs> um, but she's just like super cool. Like I'm like, girl, can we be friends in real life? Because yeah, you're the type. <laughs> That's my type <laughs> as a friend. Y'all. Yeah. Okay. If you haven't heard of Julia Tertian before, she is the best-selling author of Small Victories, Feed the Resistance, and Now and Again. She has written for the New York Times, the Washington Post, the Wall Street Journal, Vogue, Bon Appetit, Food and Wine, and more. She's the founder of Equity at the Table, EATT, an inclusive digital directory of women slash non-binary individuals in food, and the host of Keep Calm and Cook On, a podcast. Julia lives in the Hudson Valley with her wife and pet. Yeah, so before we dive into this episode, just want to highlight a listener review like we do every week. This review is from Two Dogs Are Better Than One. (laughs) I love that name. Wendy and Jess speak at the intersection of compassion, information, non-judgment, and care. I'm grateful for them putting words to so much of what's in my mind and being a source of support and affirmation in my ever-evolving relationship with myself. Thank you for what you do and all you share and how you share it. Thank you. Thank you so much for that really sweet review. If you have not already, please follow suit and go ahead and drop us some stars, hopefully five stars, and then write a very quick review, whatever speaks to you. And in terms of what we're going to be talking about in this episode, we're going to be chatting about everything from Julia taking a singing class 
to her history of kind of disordered eating and how she's been dealing with that and how she kind of healed her relationship with her own body and body image, literally everything, including a fire round where we ask her about like her favorite condiments, the best appliances for even the novice cook. So you'll definitely want to stay tuned throughout the whole episode. And with that, we can just jump right in. I'm just I'm just very excited to talk to you and not just like have you in my ears. <laughs> I'm like, you're actually here. <laughs> yeah, we're so excited to talk to you as well. I told you I've been obsessed with you for a little while now. And I'm just going to say your voice is so calming. Like what I would do, I had a whole ritual. I would go to the farmer's market every Friday last year and I would listen to you and it would be like my thing to do. Yeah, because your voice is just like so soothing and you're such a great interviewer too on your podcast. So yeah, I'm so excited about this. I I thank you so much and I appreciate that. And yeah, that means a lot. And I've been, you know, I think everyone this is just such a surreal time to be alive right now. And like, I've been just taking like a lot of like very long walks and I've like known about your podcast, but I don't know why it took me so long to like get into listening to it. But like the past few weeks, I've just been like, I just feel like you guys are taking these walks with me (laughs) and it's been like very supportive. And I am just like, just moved by the whole thing. So I just, I think all the feelings are mutual. I'm just very happy to be here. And yeah. Yes. I want to talk a little bit about growing up. So I'm curious, was your family big on food? You mentioned your mom and also like what led you to pursue this career in food and cooking? Because I feel like this isn't a typical career for somebody to do this for a living and have all these cookbooks. What got you interested in this? Sure. Yeah. I feel like I'm like one of these very rare slightly kind of like unicorn people who's like known what they wanted to do from a really young age and it's kind of an unusual thing which is writing cookbooks like that's kind of an odd thing to know from when you're really little Mm -hmm. and on top of that like I've gotten to do the thing I've always wanted to do which is like you know even more rare so I don't know when I got into cooking because I don't remember ever not cooking I've always felt this like magnetic pull to the kitchen. And it's something I've thought about a lot as I've gotten older because my parents actually didn't cook when I was younger. It wasn't like my family was in the kitchen all the time. My parents worked full time since like before I was born. I kind of have this theory that I think my love of home cooking comes from this like trying to maybe like create a childhood I didn't actually have (laughs) or something. I don't know. But anyway, I've just loved to cook. I've been like so drawn to food. And my parents worked in publishing, so I got to be, you know, exposed to books and magazines being made. You know, I saw that from, you know, such a young age. And I saw that that was something that people do, like these things that are on our shelves, like don't just come out of nowhere. You know, I had my kind of like natural passion or kind of inclination to cooking. And then I had this like exposure to publishing. I think a lot of people thought when I was younger, like, oh, Julia loves to cook. Like, she'll have a restaurant one day. And I was always like, no, no, no. Like, I like to be a customer. I'm like a really happy restaurant customer, but that's not the job I want to have. I didn't go to culinary school. I had like a liberal arts education and I studied writing. I was an English major. I actually concentrated in poetry, (laughs) which meant I wrote these like extremely earnest poems about food all the time, (laughs) like food and like I think like girls I had crushes on and I didn't know what to do about that. (laughs) Those were my like really terrible poems. 
But I actually think, and this might just be a way that I justify having um, spent like a college education on poetry, but I, I think it's really served my work as a cookbook author because when you study poetry and you write poetry for both writing recipes and all the writing that happens around recipes, like all that kind of narrative writing, each one is a poem. Like each one is like this short form. It's in a very specific form. Like you want to be kind of economic with your words and not go on and on as I tend to do when I'm talking, <laughs> you might notice. Um, but you also want to be really descriptive, right? Like you want to give someone a sense of what this food is going to smell like when, you know, when the onions are, you know, browned or something like that. Or like, how do you know when the cake is done? You know, you have to give all these cues. So I think studying poetry really helped me in my recipe writing. It also helped me to enjoy my recipe writing because writing recipes can be a little bit like writing a textbook. <laughs> um, you know, and it can, I mean, I, the two of you have done that before, like that process. So I'm sure you're familiar with that. But having the ability to get like a little creative with that writing is something I enjoy. And then, yeah, all the other writing that comes in a cookbook, just the sense of context for the food. <laughs> and yeah, so my, my poetry education sort of comes in handy there. So anything where it's like the intersection of like recipes and cooking and like telling stories about it is like, that's where I've spent a lot of time <laughs> and enjoy spending time. So yeah, that's, I don't know if I answered your question. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, that was a great answer. <laughs> Want to shout out our sponsor this week, Hello Wellness. It's a new line of functional wellness smoothies that help support your well-being with energy, brain support, and gut health. All you have to do is take a scoop of the product, mix it with your favorite milk, and you have a blender-free smoothie within minutes. There's 15 grams of protein per scoop in all of their products, and they support brain health, gut health, and they also have one for energy support. So different wellness smoothies that are tailored to your needs. Let me break each one down. So for the It's No Brainer smoothie, each scoop supports brain health with 32 milligrams of omega-3 DHA from plant-based marine algae. So no fish oil aftertaste. And then they also have the You've Got Gut smoothie. Every scoop of that has five grams of prebiotic fiber and two billion CFUs of probiotics to help promote a healthy gut. And then the last one that they have is Bring Into Your Step. And that scoop has 100 milligrams of caffeine from organic coffee fruit extract. So that helps you feel alert and energized throughout the day. So depending on your needs, you have some options. These are all available exclusively at myvega.com. That's M-Y-V-E-G-A.com. And you can also get it on Amazon and Whole Foods Market. All right, we're going to hop into our episode. Aside from having really great recipes, what makes your work unique is that you also have this social justice component. You're not just like writing cookbooks and you authored Feed the Resistance. You also founded Equity at the Table, which I joined and is, it's so helpful and so oh, resourceful. Um, so I'm wondering, have you always incorporated this layer into your work or was it something that came with time? Sure. I wish I could say it's always something I've incorporated, but I, I don't think it has been. I think it's definitely something that's come with time. And I think it's something that's come with just, I think, opening my eyes wider, <laughs> like having, I think my my career until I would say, I don't know, maybe five years ago or something like that felt to me like the feeling of it felt very driven and very kind of like head down and in my lane. And, you know, I was working with a lot of other people. I mentioned I've co-authored a lot of books and stuff, but it was very much about like, how does this one job lead to the next job? And, you know, in other words, like, how do I propel myself forward? 
Then I had the opportunity to do my own solo cookbook. And my first one was called Small Victories. And it came out in September of 2016. And in November of 2016, there was an election. <laughs> um, and so it was this interesting time for me just personally, where I was having the most personal career kind of success of like getting to put my own work out there, having people respond to it, seeing what that felt like. You know, the previous decade or so, I was helping other people do that for their books or projects. And I was getting to do it myself. And it was being, you know, it was all happening against this background of, you know, this change in the administration. And that was like a big moment for me, as it was, you know, for plenty of other people, but just specifically in terms of cookbooks. I think also my kind of, I don't know, incorporating more kind of social justice, like truly changing the way I define success from like this purely capitalist thing of like money and like book sales to more of like, community, like I really try to think of, you know, what's the currency that I measure my success in? And the older I get, the more I really like community is the currency I care most about. But my personal kind of investment in community also coincided, I would say, with honestly my marriage. And when I married my wife, which was in 2013, for me, it changed a lot for me because I like I never really like came out before I got married publicly at all because I mean why would anyone I mean who knows who I was like <laughs> like that wasn't a big thing for me but also I mean it was like I think I was on Instagram when we got married but like it wasn't something we like announced or anything for me that also very much coincided with when Grace my wife and I got married which was in 2013 <laughs> um, and I don't know my relationship to social media then was different than it is now and just I was less active on it and it wasn't something we shared like immediately in any way or anything like that. But over the years, kind of sharing our relationship a little bit more, whether it's just, you know, a picture on social media, but also like I, I talk about grace in my cookbooks all the time, which is both just kind of like not something I think about because it's just like, here's the person I cook for all the time. So she comes up in all these stories and but it's also very intentional and it's very much about honestly like normalizing a same-sex relationship, a same-sex marriage in something as sort of mainstream and digestible as like a cookbook. <laughs> and so I think the more I've been in touch with and the more I, I, I celebrate my queer identity, you know, the more I talk about being very proud to be a gay woman, the more just really meaningful connections that's led to. And so I think my kind of, I don't know, widening my lens a little bit in my work very much stems from those kinds of feelings and those connections with other queer women and also understanding what that means. You know, I know what that means for me personally. Like I've, I've felt that I've, you know, I've had these amazing moments when I've gotten to uh, promote my books, like on book tour, where I'll speak to someone about, you know, they'll come with their mom and tell me like, re you know, cooking from my book has helped their relationship, like you know, like that kind of thing. And, you know, really like things that just make me cry and are like incredibly meaningful and have nothing to do with, I'm like, I don't care what you cook for dinner. <laughs> like that doesn't matter, <laughs> you know? So I've had those experiences personally and I know what that feels like and how momentous that feels and how important it is. And that feeling of visibility and connection so when I look around me, I see that that's not available, 
you know, in the cookbook world for every community. So if that's something that I could kind of weave into my work and experience, like it feels really important to me to do whatever I can to make that that moment, that feeling of representation and visibility and inclusivity and, you know, all the buzzwords, but these buzzwords that have incredible meaning and importance, you know, I want to do whatever I can to make that available for as many people as I can. Question. Are you a CBD fan yet? (laughs) I say yet because I was skeptical at first. um, And then I tried CBD a few years back and I have been a fan ever since. So if you're curious about trying it, or if you already know that you like CBD and it works for you, you definitely want to check out Pachamama. So what is Pachamama, you might ask? Well, whether you're sick of not being able to focus, not sleeping well, or you have nagging aches and pains, Pachamama is here to help. Native to Colorado, Pachamama creates award-winning CBD, both in tincture and topical form, using one local USDA organic hemp farm and a solvent-free air extraction method. So instead of artificially flavoring their tinctures, they pair them with ethically sourced adaptogens and superfoods like cacao for better focus, valerian for sleep, and turmeric for recovery. For anyone who has any food intolerances or allergies, their products are all vegan and gluten-free and... I love that they don't test on animals. So this ensures there's something to suit your specific needs. So y'all know we always have the hookup code. (laughs) All you have to do is head on over to enjoypachamama.com and use the code foodheaven for 25% off plus a 30-day guarantee. Again, that's enjoypachamama, B-A-C-H-A-M-A-M-A.com and use the code foodheaven for 25% off. All right, y'all, let's get into the episode. Now that you kind of have a better relationship with food in your body, how does, how do you navigate that? Like sitting at the dinner table kind of with the folks that you grew up with, did they all grow with you or is there still some triggering diet talk that comes into the mix that you have to navigate? Just want to know like how that's been working. I recently listened to your episode about like friends and family and triggering diet talk. And I just felt like, oh, I needed this. Like, that was really helpful. And I thank you for it because, yeah, it has not been a collective journey, in, at least within my family. And that has been a really tricky thing to navigate. And it's something I talk to my mom a lot about. I feel very comfortable to say that. I think she would be fine for me to say that. And, you know, because that's her, her story's her story and stuff, you know. Yeah, we talk about it a lot. But a big thing for me was separating myself and my body from my family and not separating like myself from my family, but kind of taking ownership over myself and my emotions and my feelings and my triggers and all these things. Like I used to talk about everything with my family and, and I love my family so much and I still talk to them about so many things, but I had to kind of take a step away to kind of get a sense of myself And also know that, yeah, if not everyone was on the same ride, it didn't mean I couldn't take the ride, you know, and Mm. and to also feel like that wasn't abandonment in any direction. I guess it's just growing up (laughs) or like becoming an adult and which, yeah, sometimes I feel very sure about and sometimes I'm like, what's that? (laughs) But, um, (laughs) you know, I think that's probably a pretty natural progression in many ways. It it was hard for me to get there. I love that. Just kind of also 
seeing family through a more compassionate lens because I think that the natural reaction is to kind of lash out, especially if you feel like you've grown from Mm -hmm. that place and um, just kind of like be really frustrated and in your feelings about these things. But um, it sounds like you've had a lot of growth. And I know that it's not hard to navigate those things with loved ones and um, and it's really tricky. And we'll link that episode because I think it's really helpful to just figure out different tools because I think. Yes. So for some people, certain things work for other people. Certain things um, resonate a little bit more. But well, first of all, thank you for being so vulnerable and open with us about these things, because I know that these are really heavy topics. And I want to talk about something a little more fun and light. But I just wanted to say that. No, you kind of just like shared your heart with us. I um, I I mean, you make me feel very comfortable to do that. And I also wouldn't do that if I didn't feel ready to, right? Like, and I think, I don't know, I think a lot about stories I've heard shared, whether it's on your podcast or in other intuitive eating books and stuff like that, like how much it's meant to me to hear certain people talk about this stuff. So, you know, if if being open is helpful for someone else, like what, what a gift um, to me that is to be able to, you know, offer in any way. So, yeah, thanks for making me feel safe to do that and um yeah I wouldn't do it if if I didn't feel ready to do that so thank you so much we really yeah we're we're loving this conversation and I want to talk about your cookbook because it's so exciting and it's coming out soon and it's currently Mm -hmm. on pre-order so (laughs) tell us about it like what can readers expect why did you write it? I read a little bit that, and I love that, like you defined what healthy food means because mm-hmm. you mentioned it a lot in the book and you said that it comes from a place of love for food and not restriction. Um, and so I'm wondering if you could talk a little bit about that and yeah, like what, what the book is about. Yeah, definitely. Thank you, uh, first of all. So it is called Simply Julia, which I'm learning to say without like blushing completely. Um, <laughs> and it I is, like that name. I'm working on it. Oh, thanks. It is it is just that it's it's all really simple and it's very much me. It's 110 like easy recipes for healthy comfort food. And I really thought a lot about what those words mean, you know, easy, healthy and comfort. And I think I, I tried to offer pretty like generous and, and big definitions of those words and encourage very personal definitions of them. So the book is definitely my most personal one yet. It's, it's got my name right there, but also it has has essays like the one we talked about, um, you know, some more personal writing. Every recipe has like my handwriting, <laughs> like, you know, that's how I introduced each one. So there's a lot of myself in it. There's some old family photos and stuff. But most importantly, even though it's it's my most personal one, it's also my most practical one. And it is there to serve the reader a thousand percent. I wanted it to be the most useful book I've ever done. So for me, that translated to including chapters that were things that I've, I've felt like I've heard people say they really want. <laughs> um, you know, I get to talk to people about food and what they cook all the time. I talk to people on social media all the time. I get to talk on my podcast. I talk to my family and friends and stuff. So I'm always listening to like, what are people looking for? So um, that can't, comes through and things like there's a chapter of um, like one pot vegan meals, whether or not you're vegan. There's a chapter of all like super, super simple like salad dressings and easy like little sauces and things that you can just keep in the fridge. So if you're, um, 
I don't know, like maybe having what would be really easy, like a box of mac and cheese or a rotisserie chicken from the store or like these things that are kind of easy lifting. You know, you can add a little of this and kind of make it feel like a little special and sort of take care of yourself in that way. Yeah, there's just like a lot of really practical stuff there. The recipes are very much written by one home cook for another. Um, So basically that means I hate doing dishes. (laughs) You know what? I don't hate doing dishes. I hate putting dishes away. So there's like, you know, it's a distinction, but they're kind of the same thing. So for me, you know, if something can only use one bowl instead of three, like I won't tell you to use three separate bowls if you don't need to. So there's just like a lot of that. There's a lot of like using certain, you know, frozen vegetables or other things that just make cooking just a little easier. I have a lot of friends with little kids and infants and stuff. So a lot of my friends tell me they're like, they're holding their kid in one arm while they're making dinner and they can't chop anything. So there's a bunch of recipes where you don't have to chop anything. So, you know, I I really hope that there's something for everyone. And yeah, all of it's super simple. So I'm really excited for people to cook from it. And um, yeah, I love cooking from it. I've been using it, which is a surreal thing to do, but it's, it's really fun. I love it. I can't wait for it to come out. I, I hope it will be a book you'll use over and over again. And that is so what I strive for. And I mean, the two people I have in mind when I'm writing recipes are my mother-in-law, Elaine, who cooks all the time, but like doesn't want to spend a ton of time cooking (laughs) and always wants to kind of have something a little different, but doesn't, you know, want to be grocery shopping forever, or you know, washing too many dishes. You know, she's pretty much all of (laughs) us. Like, that's me. (laughs) So I always have her in mind. (laughs) Um, Yeah. And then I have my neighbor. Rosalou, who's like a retired teacher and she used to be an EMT volunteer. So she's a really great neighbor. And Rosalou has like three cookbooks on her shelf. And she's like, why do people keep getting new cookbooks? Like you don't need that many. So it's like, (laughs) if I can make a book that Rosalou is like, ooh, I'll make stuff from this. Like then I've succeeded. (laughs) So I love that idea. I don't know why I just told you that. But yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Like finding like two people. We did something similar with our website in general where it was like we had this person, her name's Chrisette. She's made up, but it's like her whole profile. And that's, you know, exactly who we're speaking to when we are creating any kind of content. So I like it, the idea of it being an actual real person. Yeah, I love that. I think those are like helpful things to keep in mind. Yeah, for sure. All right, now we're going to do a fire round from listener submitted topics slash questions. So whatever pops in your head, Blurt it out. Okay. Okay. So (laughs) number one, what are your top three condiments? Top three condiments include mustard. Definitely mustard. I also love this. um, It's like this Italian. I can't remember the name of it, but I'll find it and I'll send it to you. But I've been putting it on everything. It's this like Italian chili paste thing that like has all these other vegetables chopped up into it. And it's like spicy but also like a little bit sweet from like carrots and stuff like that it's so good it's like in tons of olive oil I'll find the name because we'll add to the show notes yeah I'm blanking on it but mustard that like amazing chili stuff and I also love barbecue sauce Ooh, love it too what appliances do you recommend uh, that a novice cook should invest in if you are a novice baker I am a huge fan of like a handheld electric mixer, like because those stand mixers like a KitchenAid and stuff are like beautiful, but I, I, I own one. I've had the same one since my bat mitzvah because my grandmother gave it to me for my bat mitzvah. <laughs> and I think it's lasted that long because I like never use it. Like 
I just think it's so heavy and kind of annoying. I mean, it's beautiful and thank you, grandma, and <laughs> I appreciate it. But I think a handheld electric mixer, it's so much more affordable and it basically does everything. So I think in terms of appliances, I don't actually think you need that many, but I think that's useful. And for a novice cook, I feel like that question is usually like, do I recommend a food processor or a blender? <laughs> and um, I mean, I own both and I use both. I think you can make most things without either. But I will give a nod to the immersion blender, which I think is like the greatest thing because you just have to clean the little part, you know, that attaches like the little stick thing. And you can put it right in your pot of soup if you want to blend that or, you know, put some stuff for whatever you're making, like in a quart container and use that. Like you don't have to take out the whole thing and clean the whole thing. Yeah. Again, it just comes back to doing dishes for me. Love it. I actually just gave one of those away. Oh, I wish I kept it. Yeah. yeah. You might need another one. Yeah. <laughs> I gave it to my sister because I just have too much. <laughs> okay. Next one is salt at the end or salt at every step. Every step. How do you properly clean a cast iron skillet? Mm. I'm getting conflicting advice. Oh, gosh. Okay. I will tell you how I clean mine, but I think it might make some people cringe. So I accept <laughs> that because I think the people who are like um, super into their cast iron skillets, like say you should never, you should basically like rinse them with water and like don't do anything and like make them really dry. Maybe don't even rinse them. Like I think you're just supposed to keep it on your stove and keep cooking. <laughs> but I love my cast iron skillet. And when I use it, I wash it and I do use a little bit of soap and I just use not like a scratchy sponge, but like a gentle sponge. And I do that because I just like when things are clean and maybe it's just like a mental thing. I don't know. But I do dry it like immediately. Like I don't let it sit with water. And I'll usually actually after I dry it with like my dish towel, I'll put it on the stove for like 10 seconds or something just to make sure it's like really dry. And if the surface is feeling, you know, you want it to be I keep saying the word dry, like you want it to be dried off. Um, but if it's feeling like too dry, which is kind of like a fine line and something for you to define on your own, sometimes I'll just rub a little bit of oil onto the surface, kind of like people tell you to do for cutting boards, but I've never done that in my life. So <laughs> me neither. <laughs> what about ideas for making food centered functions mask friendly? That's hard. Oh, that is not something I've given <laughs> so much thought to. But I would say, I don't know, we went to a like a socially distant birthday party a little while ago, and I feel like it was handled really well. And it was basically everything was like kind of very portable and very like, you know, basically there were like cupcakes and there was like um, I made these like hand pie things I brought. And then someone else like I think there was like a frittata type of thing that was like cut into pieces. So it was like easy for people to take kind of what they wanted. And there was no like issue of like serving utensils and all this stuff. Like everything was like portioned and it was easy to kind of build your own little plate and not have to deal with silverware. Like everything was handheld and bite sized. So that was like really helpful. And also I was talking to someone the other day who was like, this is, you know, like the year for reusable straws <laughs> because you can kind of like whatever you're drinking, you can kind of like slip your straw under your mask. So I thought that was a good tip. It's a whole new world. I'm not sure. No, no those are great. great. I love the individual, the individual portions. That's really. Yeah. Fun. Our friend was like stressing about the birthday cake and like, what's the best way for everyone to like, you know, serve it. And then she was worried about blowing out the candles and what, you know, like, is that like <laughs> blowing germs around? Like it became oh. this whole thing. And I was like, how about cupcakes? <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. that was, that helped. All right. So I'm going to take um, the second batch. Where to find great recipes aside from Pinterest? 
I mean, I am a huge, huge supporter of all the local libraries, and I think that they are a very underrated source for kind of some experts on cookbooks because librarians are amazing and so informed and really like amazing with recommendations. So I would encourage people to engage with their local library, which, you know, depending on how things are going in your area, like a lot of them have like a lot of digital services they're offering and stuff. But I would totally use your local librarian and find out what they recommend. There's also a number of specifically cookbook stores across the country, and they all have like websites. And all the people who run cookbook stores are like amazing. So I'm thinking of now serving in Los Angeles and Kitchen Arts and Letters in New York and Omnivore Books in San Francisco and Book Larder in Seattle. And there's others. And I'm sorry to not name all of them because they're all like so special. Bonnie Slotnick in New York is like a legend. The people who run these stores are like my heroes. And I very much suggest getting in touch with them like on social media or call them or go to their website. Tell them like what you like, what you're looking for. Get like a customized suggestion. But in terms of online, for baking, I love Jocelyn from Grand Baby Cakes. And I think her recipes yes. are great. Yes. Love her. So great. Yeah, we had her on the podcast. Oh, you did? Oh, gosh. Yeah. I haven't, I haven't listened to that one. Okay. Um, well, I'm going to listen to that after this. Yeah. <laughs> it was like, it, it was her and a couple cooks. It was one episode about how to make money online with like blogging and in the cooking space. Yeah. Awesome. Oh my gosh. I'm really excited to listen. Yeah. Yeah. She's the first person I thought of, of like looking for recipes online and baking. So yeah, I'll leave it with Jocelyn. Okay, cool. Yeah. She also has a lot of savory stuff too. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. Uh, best holiday side. Best holiday side. Um, like, um, alcohol. <laughs> yes. Okay. Listen, the first thing that comes to mind, let's go with it. Okay. Someone said, I love you. Um, not a question, but just letting you know. That's very kind. Thank you. Um, favorite savory dish. I'm like, I love all things squash. So I, I feel like I, I cook a lot of like, okay, so I take a butternut squash and I use like a paring knife or a fork and I just kind of poke it like maybe how you were going to, maybe you would do with like a baked potato. And then I put the whole thing on a piece of foil on a sheet pan and I just put it in the oven when I'm like putting anything else in the oven. And then usually I turn off the oven and I forget it's even in there. <laughs> or I'll do this with any type of like really hard winter squash or pumpkin. And then when it's cooled down, it's like so easy to peel and take the seeds out and stuff because it's totally soft. And then sometimes I just eat that like mashed on its own or like just with some like butter and salt or a little maple syrup or chili or anything or I'll turn it into soup and then the other week I had made like a big batch of like a squash soup and I got really bored of it and I like could not eat another bowl and I was like not the same thing again so then I used the squash soup as my liquid for cooking a batch of rice mm. and it was so good so I'm like mm. very I love squash and yeah, I like making it easy because sometimes peeling it and stuff is like really difficult. Yeah, I love that. Okay, well, I want to be respectful of your time because we have a lot more, but I'm like, okay, I just looked at the time. We've I mean, 
I can keep going, but I want to be respectful of yours. And I also know I'm like, I give very long answers. So I'm better on your no, side of the microphone. We'll follow up. So we're going to be on Julia's podcast. So yes. we'll follow up on her podcast, which we'll share that as well. So you all can check it out. So tell our listeners, like, where can they find you? Tell us about your podcast. Where can they subscribe? Sure. Um, well, first, I'll tell you about my podcast, because hopefully when you're listening to this, my episode with the two of you will be on. So if you like this, you, you'll you love that. So it's called Keep Calm and Cook On, and it's available wherever you listen to podcasts. And if it's not available where you listen to your podcast, let me know because I'll try and make it available. Um, <laughs> and you can find me Instagram. My handle is Tertian, which is my last name. JuliaTertian.com contains all the information about my books, my work, and I also encourage everyone to visit and join Equity at the Table if it's um, up your alley and also to to use it if you're like an editor or any or, you know, I don't know, you have a job opening and you're looking for someone, anything like that. Um, Equityatthetable.com is very, very useful. And I, I would love if you would um, visit it and bookmark it. Yeah. Come back to it. <laughs> love it. And also that podcast name is so good <laughs> I wish I had and so creative I, sometimes I'm like I wish I had come up with something shorter because it's sort of a mouthful to say over and over again but no eh, it didn't seem that long to me but okay good good All right. I don't know I think it's I'll good with that thank you yeah. it's the way you say it. it's your calming voice right <laughs> yeah you do have a very calming voice it's, yeah I feel like ASMR anyone if you're yeah. if you're still awake <laughs> Go to equityatthetable.com. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Well, thank you so much for joining us. This has been so great. So excited to have both of our episodes air. And yeah, looking forward to meeting you in real life when yeah. things normalize a bit. Yeah, I would I would love that. I think it'd be really fun to all have a meal together and just enjoy it. And I look forward to that. Thanks so much for listening to another episode of the Food Heaven podcast. If you haven't already, make sure to connect with us online. We're most active on the gram at Food Heaven, but we're also on Facebook and Twitter at Food Heaven Show. If you like this podcast, make sure to rate, review, subscribe, and share with a friend. Yep, our podcast is released every Wednesday, and each week we take a deep dive into topics like health at every size, food and culture, intuitive eating, mental health, and body acceptance. If you're looking for a sustainable and inclusive path to wellness, come hang out with us to learn how to take care of yourself from the inside out. We'll catch you next time. Bye. Bye.